Hey everyone, thanks for checking into LJN Radio and one of uh, the favorite podcasts of our listeners, I Want to Be A. In each episode, we complete that sentence with a different job, bringing in professionals from a variety of fields and industries who can give you all the information you need to hopefully land a job and thrive in them. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and today I want to be an epidemiologist. It's okay if you don't know exactly what that is. I didn't really know for sure either, but it's probably not a term you hear too often. It's also an extremely important role in the health and safety of the public, particularly when it comes to things like major disease or other health concerns. So to help fill us in on all those details, we have Tim Jones calling us today. Tim is the state epidemiologist for the Tennessee Department of Health. Thanks for joining us today, Tim. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, First and foremost, again, I think most people aren't really sure what that uh, position is, but tell us a little bit about your career and sort of how you got to where you are now. Uh, I'm a physician, and I actually started out practicing medicine for a few years and became very interested in public health. I started sort of taking some courses in epidemiology on the side and got me intrigued with the, with the whole field. So I went to the Centers for Disease Control, uh, CDC in Atlanta, and got some sort of full-time training in epidemiology. And after that, came to the health department and have been here for 15 years and love what I do. Well, and as you mentioned, you said it's sort of a, this idea intrigued you a little bit. I guess, what was it exactly intrigued you and attracted you to the industry? As you said, you were just kind of in the health area and it, it, you sort of bumped into this um, specific field. So what was it that specifically brought you into it? Yeah, I've always been interested in medicine and sort of the ideal of helping people. But I think as I got sort of into that career field, realized that I really wanted to have a big impact, mm -hmm. you know, not only with patients one-on-one, -on -one, which I liked, but I really liked the idea of public health and being able to sort of still use science and statistics and monitor diseases, but work on things so that when you make a change, you know, you're affecting the entire community, potentially having effects, you know, way outside your city, even international. Sure. So it's pretty satisfying in that way. When it comes to that, you know, you're talking about disease or other health issues in this, you know, what could be a widespread thing or you're trying to prevent it from happening. How do you define your role in terms of being an epidemiologist or being in that field specifically? Basically, epidemiology means the tracking of diseases on sort of a broad basis or a community-wide, population-wide basis. Mm -hmm. So I happen to be an infectious disease epidemiologist, and we track things like tuberculosis, foodborne diseases, and diarrheal diseases to see patterns across the community and figure out ways that we can stop it. Mm -hmm. There are also folks who work on more chronic disease. So people do the epidemiology or the tracking of asthma and cancer okay. and pretty much, pretty much the whole field. Right. But it's looking, it's looking at general data, looking at patterns, looking for unusual things like outbreaks uh, and then jumping on them and figuring out how to stop them. Now, I think people, for the most part, can understand the importance of that, especially if you're talking about that community-wide concern. Uh, but is it a lot of research in terms of just statistics? Are you going out talking to individuals? I guess, how does that all sort of work since you brought up the idea of finding these patterns and figuring that kind of thing out? Well, one of the neat things that, that I really love about the job is that it's really variable. Sure. Uh, and every day, you know, I kind of come to work with a list of things I think I need to do. When I go home, I almost never got to it. 
because other things came up. And that's really, it's actually kind of cool. You know, we do, we sit behind a computer and we crunch data and, and that's important. But we also have a lot to do with going out and collecting mm-hmm. that data. So, you know, if there's an outbreak, uh, we might go out to the restaurant. We do questionnaires and we interview patients. Uh, we'll go out and talk to people in the community and do surveys. So collecting the data is really important and then bringing it back and looking at it. And another thing that's really important about what we do, you know, we don't just collect data to stick it in a file cabinet, but we want to use it, which means we have to communicate it to the public. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of writing, a lot of media, you know, going out to public meetings and kind of translating Mm -hmm. science into, you know, messages that the community can understand. So it's a wide variety. Right, right. I was going to say, you guys tend to be a little bit smarter, so you have to, you know, give us give us sort of the layperson terms with some of what's going on and that kind of thing. Well, I don't know about the smarter part, <laughs> but uh, you learn a different language sure. when you're uh, working in the field. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. It is a different language. I like that. So when it, when it comes to that stuff, since we were sort of talking about your, your day-to-days, uh, you know, your activities a little bit, when it comes to something happening, some sort of outbreak, or maybe, you know, word gets around of an illness, I mean, are you working with hospitals to find that sort of thing out? Is it, I mean, I guess, how does all that information sort of come together and you're able to really work with everyone in the community to figure out, okay, what's happening? Where's this going? Uh, How does that sort of, again, all work together so you're able to do your job effectively? Yeah. You know, there are laws that sort of require hospitals and doctors routinely to tell us about different diseases. But what's sort of the most exciting part and unexpected parts of our days when something unusual occurs. Mm -hmm. And we can find out about that in a bunch of different ways. You know, sometimes people will just call us up and say, everyone in my Sunday school class is uh, (laughs) sick sick this morning and we're all vomiting and got diarrhea. People, you know, hospitals will call us up if they see a whole lot of people coming in with something unusual. Mm -hmm. You know, doctors will call us if they see individual cases of tuberculosis and things like that. School principals, you know, if if absenteeism is just really, really unusual on a particular day and people call us up and sometimes, you know, it's just a bunch of colds and the flu and we investigate and figure out it's nothing to worry about. And then other times it'll just blow up into really, really significant situations. When it comes to that, sort of getting the information out then, you know, say you do think there's something going on, maybe you're trying to figure it out yet, a health concern. Is it on you and your department to sort of calm the people down or give them those tips? Are you working with other agencies in the area? How does that work in terms of getting the information out there, but doing it in a way, obviously, you don't want to cause any panic, but you want to get that important info out. How does that all work for you guys? Uh, Those are really important questions. And I think sometimes I joke that I feel like the community's (laughs) psychiatrist. You know, that's one of the most important parts of what we do. And I think a lot of times, you know, people look at the front of the newspaper or mm-hmm. Time magazine, and you got these big pictures of monster bugs, and we all think <laughs> we're going to die from something right. unusual. You know, we want people to take that seriously, and that's one of the ways we get our message out. But, you know, we don't want people to be afraid to walk outside, right. and, you know, afraid to take a deep breath or get in the water. And so anytime, I mean... Not only is our job to tell people about what's going on, but it's also to talk about how we can mm-hmm. stop it. So an outbreak in a restaurant, 
you know, yeah, you want to be careful, but but we will shut the place down and fix sure. the problem and make sure it's safe to go back. Same thing if we see waterborne outbreaks or, you know, even anthrax, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, back uh, we do a lot of bioterrorism kind of stuff, and people were terrified by anthrax. You know, it never ended up making more than a handful of people sick, and that's important, but it made a whole lot of people panic. Sure perhaps unnecessarily. And so that kind of education is really important for us. And, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot too much here. And, and you know, I want you to be completely honest with, with this question. And I'm not trying to scare you anything, but, you know, obviously I've been in the media quite a bit. I understand that, you know, sort of you want to, they like to get that out there of these, you know, major outbreaks. And you talk about this fear of anthrax and like it's all around. And it happens with different, you know, sort of negative stories. Do you get frustrated with that side of it with the media? Do you really try to work with them and trying to like, let's just be open and honest, not try to create that sort of panic because, yeah, it sells papers. That was the old theory, of course. But, you know, <laughs> it gets people to watch. It gets people to be interested yeah. in what we're doing. Even for myself, I said it, it working in the media, I hate that aspect of it that sort of, you know, one or two things happen and it blows up as this widespread thing. How do you handle that with sort of the media coverage of that? You know, Conflict sells news. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. And, you know, we always have to be careful of that. I will say that in public health, we're not really the target. And usually people are coming to us as a source of pretty fact based information. Right. Now, we jump into controversy. Uh, we're pushed into controversy. You know, I mean, people will know about anti vaccine activists mm-hmm. or cancer clusters get people really worked up and angry with, you know, big industry and things like that. We sometimes have to go in and sort of calm things down. So it's always a challenge working with media, but in general, you know, I mean, people want to do the right thing. Sure. And yes, the controversy is important to bring out in the open, but ultimately, you know, reporters are just as it's, it's their families and their community too. Uh, and Ultimately, I think we're on the right, on the same side. And and for you, I would imagine it's it's about really just getting the facts out there and keeping out as much opinion on it as possible. That's exactly right. You know, we we need to put things in in lay terms and not be too scientific. But mm. there are a lot of myths out there, <laughs> and unfortunately, if you look something up on the internet, right? Sometimes the first twenty hits you get are misinformation. So uh, we're frequently trying to correct that. Ah, yes. The internet, the the greatest and the worst thing in terms of information, I think, lately. You you talked about some of the things that you will do on your day-to-day basis. And again, it may vary, as you you mentioned. What would you point to as some of those skills or personality traits that are are just vital to be successful in a position like this? I think you you have to be interested in computers and math. We work with a lot of data and numbers, so that's unavoidable. I think also uh, some interest in biology and sciences. Most epidemiology has to do with some kind of diseases, infectious or chronic diseases. Uh, You know, you do not need to be a doctor Hmm. uh, or a nurse, but you got to have some understanding of the diseases that you're tracking. You know, working with people, that's variable. There are some epidemiologists that are out in the community really working with directly with people. uh, And that's a fun part of what I do. But there are also epidemiologists that sit in rooms behind a computer and do research. Personality-wise, uh, lots of different people can find their own niche. Mm-hmm. Now you brought up something interesting there, because I think in the back of my mind I had this. You said you don't need to be a doctor or a nurse or anything like that. I guess, how does that work in terms of 
education then? What, what do you do to get in this field, get a degree, that sort of thing? Because uh, I, I think naturally, at least for myself, you thought, well, you know, you go be a doctor and then you sort of get, get into this position. So education-wise, everything like that, how does it work? Yeah. Epidemiology is a really broad field. Okay. And you can get into it at a bunch of different levels. I'll just back up and talk about jobs. You know, there are jobs at the local health department level, state health departments, and then up at the federal level, Mm -hmm. you know, CDC and federal agencies. So in that broad spectrum of jobs, there's also uh, requirements for really variable levels of education. So, you know, I went through medicine first, became a physician, then switched over to public health and epidemiology. We can talk about pay a little bit later, but obviously if you're an MD, uh, you're going to be at some of those higher level jobs. But probably the most common thing to do is go through four years of college and then go to uh, get your master's degree. Hmm. And generally it's a master's of public health or an MPH. Okay. That's two years after college. And those folks, lots of opportunity these days. There are new MPH schools that seem to be sprouting up uh, every year. And it's still some time after college. You know, generally you have to put in that extra couple years. But a lot of those folks work in state and federal agencies doing some pretty cool things. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, you brought that up, the idea that there are more schools popping up. I, I've seen some statistics on this position, you know, epidemiology having a lot of growth. I mean, is that what you're seeing among the industry, that it's becoming more, more relevant and more important? You know, I think we are seeing a tremendous increase. And, you know, sort of before 9-11 and bioterrorism, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone ever heard of an epidemiologist. <laughs> And now it's sort of much more sort of out there in the news. I think my family finally understands what I do. Yeah, you, you could never explain it to them, but now, now they yeah. get it. Now they get it. <laughs> That's right. So there are lots of opportunities. And I think, you know, the government, a lot of those jobs are in government and in universities. And so a lot of money uh, is going into building those programs. So I don't know a single unemployed epidemiologist right now. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yep. When we go back and look at that a little bit, you talk about the education. We talk about there is a lot of growth and opportunity right now. When you're looking for a particular job, when you go into a job interview, can you give us maybe some insight or some tips into how that all plays together and, and maybe are there any differences? You know, like my thing that pops in my head is how do you, how do you prove you're good at being you know, an epidemiologist? How do you prove in an interview? I and mean, what are they looking for in an interview? Just maybe some tips you can offer up for those listeners that are interested in, in possibly looking at this as a career? You know, I think as you're going through your training, you kind of want to think about which of the epidemiology tracks you're interested in. A lot of people really want to go into academic epidemiology and research. Sure. Others are thinking more public health or even international health. I think that both in college and in the two years when you're working on your master's degree, that there are often lots of opportunities to get experience. And basically, if you can go into an interview uh, or write an application for a job and sort of show them, hey, you know, I did a a short-term mission thing, you know, overseas for even if it was just for a couple of weeks, or I spent the summer, you know, doing an internship at a local university, helping them on, on a research project, those kind of things, it doesn't even need to be specifically in the field of epidemiology, okay, because obviously you're still working on your education, right? 
But I think just showing that you were willing to get out there and get exposed to the field, that can even mean just going to your local health department, you know, and volunteering over a summer to help them with the project. But I think demonstrating that you really have, that you got an interest in working with the public like that. Is there ever a time, I don't know, maybe you've heard or seen, I mean, are they testing you at all on your knowledge or like statistical analysis or some, some kind of role playing or assessment like that? I mean, have you heard that, seen, seen that at all in terms of an interview process? Uh, generally, it's tests aren't done to get in. Okay. Now, they do want to see that you've gotten good grades in some of your statistics and analysis classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably one of the most important things in demonstrating experience with certain statistics packages. I do know that some jobs, they will require a writing sample. Okay. And again, that's just because we write a lot of reports mm-hmm. and papers, you know, sharing our results, and they want to make sure that someone's got good communication skills. So those are probably the two biggest things that uh, someone's going to be looking for in an application. Well, now we're actually going to have to take a little break here on I Want to Be an Epidemiologist with our guest, Tim Jones, who is the state epidemiologist for the Tennessee Department of Health. If you want to listen to part two, go to localjobnetwork.com slash radio slash list. You can type in I Want to Be a and uh, Epidemiologist Part 1 should pop up for you. In the meantime, if you have any comments or questions for any of our shows on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, and hopefully we can oblige there. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.